episode, our annual tradition, where we take a break from our regularly scheduled program to bring you just a couple fun little Christmas stories so we can have a break, you can have a break, but we're still having a good time. Yeah, and Katie and I are recording both of these on the same day, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. we're going to split it up over two weeks. So I'm going to tell a very short story first, and um, you'll listen to that next Thursday Mm -hmm. or right now. (laughs) And then Katie is going to tell her story, and it'll be the week after I'm talking right now, even though we're doing it back to back. So if you want to save and feel like you're having a full episode, (laughs) feel free to save it. Yeah, so you can you know experience it all. So what will that be? Because Christmas is on a Monday, so I don't know. I'm totally losing. I don't understand what the days are in December. Who knows? Totally lost. Who knows? But tonight's um tonight's theme is films. Yes, and we picked Christmas films from two vastly different (laughs) eras and like different genres. But. You know, my film is technically based off of your film. I know. (laughs) So it's kind of fun. I'm excited. (laughs) I'm really excited, even though my film actually came out after your film. (laughs) So we're not here to talk about Christmas. Well, we are this time. But usually we're we're talking about herstory. On the rocks. With Katie. And Allie. Uh, Yeah, this is typically a a podcast where we're talking about famous women in history. But as we said, we're taking a break and we're going to have a very good time. And talk about Christmas. Yeah. Good Christmas, bad Christmas, emotional Christmas. (laughs) Of the past, present, and yet to come, one might say. (laughs) Um, So get your slippers on, walk out into the snow, and let's do it (laughs) okay so do you want to know what you're drinking yes i do so this drink is a peppermint or candy cane martini and it is specific like christmas peppermint um simple syrup Mm -hmm. and you just literally mix it not one to one a little more vodka yeah two to one two to one um and it's called only one more sleep till christmas Ah. and we garnished it with a candy cane yeah cheers cheers Mm. Mm, delightful i'm not even gonna have to brush my teeth tonight oh <laughs> that's disgusting <laughs> there's gonna be so much sugar on my teeth <laughs> uh also sorry we're both a little sniffly yeah just so a little sick if we sound nasally this week please <laughs> forgive us yeah it's nothing compared to the sound complaints from during covid yeah exactly really bad <laughs> all right so tell me what you know about a muppet's christmas carol <laughs> So I know the Muppets Christmas Carol is specifically beloved by everyone. It's amazing. It's considered the best version. And my theory is that it's because Michael Caine, as we all famously <laughs> note, is taking it deathly seriously oh, or deadly he's seriously. Perfect. He's perfect. <laughs> and there's like all these freaking Muppets around him. And there's jokes and there's rats and gonzo and just Everyone is being delightful. Um, so, yeah, so that's, I mean, it's just a Christmas story, but with the Muppets. And I would say my second favorite one is a Mickey's Christmas Carol. Because it's just like, also perfect. Know. What's better than seeing a classic story retold by your favorite characters? No, yeah, I really like that one. Um, it's much shorter. Oh, it's way, yeah, it's very short. Um, I think it's all, it's like less than a half an hour. It was like a TV special. Uh-huh. And I love, that's the one I grew up with because yep. I won't say grew up with the, the first several Christmases of my life, whereas mm-hmm. this one came out, the Muppets Christmas Carol, closer to when you were born. Oh, really? I yeah. didn't realize that. Yeah, it's pretty old. It's already had its like 30th anniversary. Well, well this year. <laughs> and you know what's funny is we didn't watch the Muppet 
Christmas Carol too much when I was a kid oh. because it was one of the ones that we did not videotape on VHS sure. um, from mm -hmm. the TV. <laughs> you know why? Because it was a theatrical release. <gasps> it w oh my gosh, you know what? That makes a lot of sense because... It wouldn't have been on the wonderful world of Disney quite yet because mm -mm. it hadn't been out long enough. <laughs> right. Yeah. And the others were like older versions. Yeah. So that actually makes a lot of sense because I feel like after I was born, we were video, you know, taping off the TV a lot less. Right. Um, it was really when like, I don't know, like Josh and Jake. Were yeah. Young. 80, 84, 86 yeah. is when Josh and Jake were born. And that's like the era of the very late 80s kids had a lot of their stuff taped VHS off of the television. Yep. I mean, that's why I grew up more with like a California Raisins Christmas and, <laughs> and it's Garfield like, Christmas. I know all the commercials because <laughs> like, I mean, when my dad was doing it, he would just let it play. My mom yep. was like dedicated and she would like pause it and she's like, we don't want to waste the tape. I was like, okay. My mom was like, waste it all. I don't care. I don't care I'm not going to do it. She would never make it back to turn it back on. You would miss crucial moments. Okay. So let's talk about the Muppet Christmas Yeah, Carol. let's do it. <laughs> it is, as Katie said, a Christmas classic. Um, it, the idea came about following the death of Jim Henson in May of 1990. So Jim Henson died when I was really, really young. Mm -hmm. I remember my parents being upset about it, but yeah. I don't remember really knowing a lot about who he was except mm -hmm. like in my brain he was connected to sesame street right mm -hmm. i feel like but that was all i knew so there was a talent agent bill haber who approached jim henson's son brian who took over the company after his father's passing with the idea of a film adaptation of the greatest story yeah of all time mm -hmm. some might say charles dickens Christmas Carol. Mm -hmm. As we know, that movie follows a curmudgeonly man who <laughs> is taken to see his mistakes of the past, the way he's living in the present, and what might happen if he continues to act like that. Why, it's yours, Ebenezer <laughs> Scrooge. Exactly. I also, do you have, like, core memories of where you learned certain words? Yes, definitely. Okay, so, like, for me, I absolutely learned the word vagabond from Lion King. Ah, Kings uh -huh. and vagabonds. I guess I should say Elton John taught yeah. me the yeah. word vagabond. <laughs> but the Christmas Carol, I don't know if it's specifically this version, but it's where I learned the word miser or miserly. Yes. I mm -hmm. didn't know that yes. word. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, so absolutely adore it. But actually, when you look up miser now on, on the, like, on the google <laughs> it says um it like acting as ebenezer really like, acting scroogeously they're like connected that's so funny it is very fun okay so let me get back to what i'm actually doing yeah. <laughs> okay so this guy this talent agent also like sold the idea to abc who was owned by disney at the time and so the Muppets and ABC are already, like, collabing on this idea for yeah. it to be a television release. Mm -hmm. Longtime Muppet writer Jerry Jewell is hired to write a script and decides to insert Charles Dickens. So I don't think most people realize this, but this is the reason it's the most beloved. Hmm. Because Gonzo, as Charles Dickens, actually reads the prose from the book. <gasps> So all the things he's saying, besides when he's bantering with Rizzo, are uh -huh. real lines from the play. Wow. So it makes it more real to the people who love Charles Dickens. Mm -hmm. And it, like, gives credit to children. 
yeah for being intelligent yeah you know yes like marley was dead as a doornail i think is the first actual line of the play and that's mm-hmm. one of the first things gonzo says yeah it's really nice i like I it i love that and i love when like you said like people take children seriously it's like they can handle more than Coco Melon. <laughs> right. And like they're remaining faithful to what Charles Dickens wanted the story yes. to be. Mm-hmm. Um, Henson. Okay. Also, though, originally the the three ghosts were supposed to be beloved Muppets. Um, and I'll talk about who they were supposed to be in a okay. minute. But they decided that they would use their beloved Muppets in the the character roles right. and have Gonzo be Charles Dickens and then make new Muppets yeah. to be the ghosts. I love that idea. Yeah. So Brian Henson, from here on out when I say Henson, I mean Brian Henson, um, stated that Gonzo was chosen to play the narrator because he was the least likely to act like Charles Dickens. Yeah. He was kind of <laughs> like a goofball. And Rizzo the Rat was adapted to inject some humor, and his role is as the Greek chorus, mm-hmm. which is, if you don't know, an audience member. He acts as the audience member. Like, how do you know all that? Why yeah. do you know what he's doing upstairs? Mm-hmm. So... The Muppets they were, the classic Muppets that they were going to use as the ghosts were Robin the Frog or Scooter as the ghost of Christmas past, Mm -hmm. Miss Piggy as the ghost of Christmas present, and Animal as the ghost of Christmas (laughs) yet to come. And I think that would have killed a joke from when they're in Fozzywig's shop and Animal has to like play jingle bells. (laughs) He's like hitting a triangle so gently. Um... But they scrapped that idea in favor of new ones. And to also underline the ominous nature of the actual script, like Mm -hmm. they have to be scary. So the ghost of Christmas past yet to come are kind of shitty. I love the ghost of Christmas present so much. The giant like redhead man. I agree. (laughs) And I love that they did um, Marley and Marley. Like they added Mm -hmm. Jacob Marley. So Robert and Jacob Marley. As the brothers, God, what are their names? Waldorf and something. Oh, they're the like guys in the balcony. The gallery yeah, guys. Uh-huh, one of uh-huh. their names is Waldorf. <laughs> my brothers would be so ashamed of me. The right other now. one, Astoria. <laughs> something crazy. Something for not knowing their names. But they were the um, business partners of the past. Yeah. After the script is submitted, Disney gives it a good long look, and they're like, "We think this is." better than a tv special so why don't we make it a feature-length film and a theatrical release and this why is, not why not <laughs> this is the first time disney and muppets are releasing something together so like these two worlds are combining right after jim's death and this is brian's first go as Ugh. ceo of like this huge like corporation that's amazing he's directing this film in his dad's shadow so like there's a lot of pressure yeah. From all sides. Well, I'm going to say it. He nailed it. <laughs> he did. That <laughs> he job, did. <laughs> nice job, Bri. <laughs> um, many English actors, included David Hemmings, Ron Moody, and David Warner, are looked at to play Ebenezer Scrooge, as well as American comedian George Carlin. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. They're all considered to play Ebenezer Scrooge, but the role is offered a officially to Michael Caine his now famous reply that Katie alluded to (laughs) earlier he said quote I'm going to play this movie like I'm working with the Royal Shakespeare Company I will never wink I will never do anything Muppety I'm going to play Scrooge 
as if it is an utterly dramatic role and there are no puppets around me. <laughs> okay. I will not be Muppety. <laughs> I will not <laughs> wink. He's like, I'm not breaking the third wall There's or the fourth wall. He's crazy. That's, I love that. Well, it's so funny. Yeah. That. Oh, yes. Well, you know what's funny, too, is Brian Cranston talks a lot about this. He, you know, is in Breaking Bad, and obviously mm-hmm. he got to start in Malcolm in the Middle. And they're like, someone asked him, they're like, why did Hal work so well? And he was like, Hal worked because I played him as like a deadly serious character that like, <laughs> like a dad, like a serious dad. Like, the stakes were very high for him and he was being the goofiest person. He right. Like, I, I never like winked at the camera like you were saying. He's like, I played it as if this was like very serious. Yeah. Which I love. Well, and he's also doing like some crazy things. The filming mostly took place in England mm-hmm. in this, in their studios. Mm-hmm. But because you have actual people holding these Muppets, like there are Michael Caine is like balancing on planks walking down the street while people are like popping Muppets out next to him, like left and right while he's storming down the street. Like, here comes Mr. Humbug. (laughs) Can you imagine? Like he could sidestep and like fall into a huge orchestra pit of people (laughs) holding puppets. I find that hysterical. I love that. It's really perfect. So they made smaller models of Dickens era cities for them to kind of walk through. Mm-hmm. And in the DVD commentary, which I have watched, <laughs> <laughs> Brian Henson talks about and explains that they're aware they wanted to do these really long sweeping shots of Michael Caine walking around with his cape billowing behind mm-hmm. him, very snapish. Mm-hmm. Um, and in those shots, you could kind of see over the city sometimes and he's like we were aware of the problem but we thought it added enough to the film that only certain people are going to notice the error and we just it's not worth the money to reshoot and it's not worth cutting yep so if you notice that sometimes you can see things over top of the dickens buildings give them a hard pass it doesn't matter (laughs) well also just like i don't know we know it's a movie. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. It's okay that it's a movie. There's a boom mic here or there. Like, it's fine. <laughs> I still love when Gilmore goes to say, and boom goes the dynamite. Mm-hmm. <laughs> boom Seen mic it. In it. Remember like the first time they did that on The Office and you're like, um, but they're doing it on purpose. Yep. And you're like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> so mm. on Rotten Tomatoes, the film has an approval rating of 75%, which is really good. That's pretty good. Not as high as I'd like it to be. Right. I'd like it to be in the 90s. Okay, so but... everybody, you can go add more <laughs> reviews. I think there's some, it's 75% based off 25 reviews or oh, something. Oh, guys. Come on. <laughs> you know what? Take a break from rating and reviewing us, <laughs> which you have since March. And <laughs> continue your break. End your break streak by going and reviewing a Muppet's Christmas Carol. (laughs) Okay. But it came out, and the reviews were overarchingly amazing. Mm. And it came out in 94 in the theaters, so they started this idea in 90. It came out in 94. Um, And here's a quote about the movie. It may not be the finest version of Charles (laughs) Dickens' tale to grace the screen, but the Muppet's Christmas Carol is funny and heartwarming and serves as a good introduction to the story for young viewers. Mm. And that it does. And Mm -hmm. I also cry every time Mm -hmm. Tiny Tim dies in this film. It is heartbreaking to see Kermit sad. Are you kidding me? Also, no, sir. Kermit carrying his little frog son (laughs) on his shoulder and like singing that little song down the street. It's a season to be jolly and joyous. (laughs) 
Uh, I was going to bring that film up or that scene up in a couple minutes in my 10 fun facts because no, I'll bring it up then. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait till the (laughs) end for that. Okay. Also, the New York Times, the Chicago Times, the Chicago Sun, all similar sentiments. It's quite touching as Mm -hmm. far as Muppets films goes. (laughs) Walt Disney had high expectations for the film, but the film opened in sixth place. Um, and at the time, like opening weekend only got $5.9 million in the box office. Mm. Ultimately it grossed $27.3 million in North America. But the biggest problem is it came out against home alone Two Oh, and Aladdin that Disney also put out. Why put them both out on the same weekend? Come on guys. Aladdin and home alone Two. cut them up at some slack. Like those are. Big Two Muppet numbers. Classic films. Yeah. Oscar contenders. I'm sorry, might 27 say. million yeah. for Michael Caine and the Muppets? <laughs> okay, that's good. I'll take it. Uh-huh. Um, it was nominated for a Grammy, actually, for Best Spoken Word Children's Album. So you can, huh. like, get the album of the film. So this was, like I said, the first time that Muppets and Disney collabed. They originally released a DVD in... 93, 94, and then re-released it in 2002 in conjunction with Kermit's 50th anniversary. The 20th anniversary edition released in 2012, and it was the first edition where When Love is Gone was removed, which we will (laughs) talk about in a moment. And the 30th anniversary edition, which is recently uploaded to Disney+, Plus, has When the Love is Gone as an option on the menu. (laughs) A menu option. Miles Goodman wrote the songs, and thank God for this man, because the soundtrack for this film it's is so amazing. <laughs> I'm mad they don't play more of it on 101.9. Agreed. That's the Baltimore Christmas Station. It's <laughs> great. Okay, and just to recap, we've got the Marley and Marley. Woo! We have Here Comes Mr. Humbug. We have It's a Season to be Jolly and Joyous. Then we have Ghosts of Christmas Present. Wherever you'll find love feels like Christmas. And, oh my God, you can tell I'm losing my voice. (laughs) (laughs) The classic, there's only one more sleep till Christmas, which Mm -hmm. my little brother has been saying since he was born. Counting down. There's eight more sleeps. There's seven more sleeps. What a good way to talk about Christmas. And now it's a book by Jimmy Fallon. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Changing lives. The Muppets are changing lives. So let's talk about When Love is Gone. This is the song that Belle, Scrooge's fiance mm-hmm. from the Ghost of Christmas Past edition, um, his original love interest. She sings this like this classic breakup song. Mm-hmm. But the song itself was not released in the theatrical edition. <gasps> it was cut from the film because they believed the song would not appeal to young viewers. Instead, the song was played during the end credit scene. Henson objected to this. He hated that decision. He loved talking straight with kids, just like his dad. Mm -hmm. And he said that it deliberately mirrors the song at the end that Scrooge sings when love is found. Like, oh, my God. If you don't have when love is gone, then when he's at the end, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So he said the fact that the song was missing from some versions of the movie is a real shame he actually hates it he thinks it should be there and i kind of agree even though it's boring (laughs) i get it well i do feel like that was one of those things that like 
it was almost a Mandela effect mm-hmm. thing where people were like, wasn't there a song here? Like, and people were like, no, I never saw a song there. Yeah. And it's like, no, there no, was there one, wasn't one. The, but there was. And like, th- people were right. They also didn't see it. There yeah. are people who never saw the song and people who did, which is why it's, a, I think, a less beloved part of the movie. Yeah. That is so funny. Also, it reminds me of this great story I heard where someone, you know how Sound of Music is so long, it was split into two VHSs? Yeah, yeah. So was Titanic, by the way. (laughs) So this girl grew up in a house where she only had the first VHS. So she didn't know it was about Nazis? Oh, no. Full-blown adult working at NPR. (laughs) (laughs) didn't so know funny. that the end, there was a second part to the movie that's terrible she was like i watched the sound of music all the time and thought it was just about a bunch of kids singing in the mountains that's <laughs> like i never crazy. saw a second part that is crazy <laughs> that's a very personal mandela <laughs> yeah like your family just didn't have something which i absolutely relate to yes <laughs> absolutely In 2018, Henson said in an interview that it's unlikely that Disney would release a version of the song in the future because they actually lost the original negatives. What? And they only had it in non-wide screen, so it could only be in certain films. However, in December of 2020, when everybody had tons of time (laughs) on their hands, Disney confirmed that they found the (gasps) negative and that's when it was put back in the 30th anniversary edition on Disney Plus. God bless whatever I'm sure a woman I, I want searched through the archives to find that God. negative. It was probably the woman who played Belle. She's yeah. like, I will find this I fucking find song. It. I worked so hard on when love is gone. I love it. Perfect. Um, so yeah, since 2022, last year, you can see it on Disney Plus. Perfect. So I wanted to uh, go through some fun facts about the movie before I end with talking about a subject I think we need to do on our show. So, one, Muppets Christmas Carol is the first Muppet movie made without Jim Henson. Mm. So, mm-hmm. cheers. It was a great one, yeah. although we miss you. Mm. Two, it was his son's director debut, <gasps> which, excellent job. Love that. Three, One More Sleep Till Christmas ends with Kermit staring wistfully at a shooting star in honor of Jim's passing. <gasps> oh. So that's why he looks at the sky at the end. That's so cute. Four. Um, Whitmire was feeling really sad. This uh, Whitmire is the guy who took over as Kermit's voice, his last name, uh, about being Kermit because Jim Henson voiced Kermit. Oh, I didn't know. Oh, that. yeah, his oh whole career, gosh. Jim Henson is Kermit. <gasps> I didn't know that. So, like, this Ugh. guy is like. Ooh, I have to like take over this role, mm-hmm. but the night before his first scene, scene, he had a dream, like with a like a vision or like kind of permission to like give himself permission to do this oh. role and try to do Jim Henson justice. Five, Michael Caine is uh. This is the first time a Muppet movie focused on a human counterpart. Oh, yeah. So humans had been with Muppets, but yeah. this is the first feature film where a human is the main character yeah. instead of a Muppet. Mm-hmm. Six, the ghost of Christmas past, who I always thought was just terrible CGI, <laughs> was not. It was created by submerging Muppeteers in water. Um, and they put the Muppet in a tank of baby oil backed with green screen to make that weird, fuzzy child baby. 
Not gonna lie, hate it. Hate it. Is there, um, that's where the seventy-five percent comes in. <laughs> <laughs> right. Anything. I would. Twenty-five percent of viewers were like, "If you just made a better Ghost of Christmas feature, whatever the fuck it is, the past, the yeah, past. the past girl. Like, I just make her look like a Muppet. Just anything but what any little she is. angel. I hate it. I hate it. You could have done something. Uh, yeah. Baby oil. Okay. That's wild to me when I read that. I always <laughs> thought that it was computer, like shitty computer graphics yeah. from 94. Now that I know it was a choice, I'm sorely disappointed <laughs> in what you chose. <laughs> now that I know how much effort they put into <laughs> that. Right. Crazy. Woo. Okay. Um, now Kermit fully strolling down the street with tiny Tim on his shoulders was like the first time that they showed a fully walking Muppet. That's not say, like see the whole body. Right. It's not like big bird where there's a person inside mm-hmm. and it's not like Kermit. You can see his whole body, but he's sitting on a rock singing rainbow connections uh-huh. or whatever. He's actually strolling. It took 10 puppeteers to make that <gasps> happen. 10 people are controlling that puppet. I love that. And obviously tiny Tim on his shoulder. Also, in the final scene where nephew Fred is there and they're singing When Love is Found, Clara, his wife, is not there. And people went crazy and, like, <laughs> wrote letters to the studio. And they're like, where is Clara? Did Fred break up with Clara because oh, she on. called him a spider or whatever? This is pregnant Barbie all over again. <laughs> exactly. And they were just like, no, she just wasn't available for filming. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Not everybody's available every day. <laughs> So uh, the one thing I didn't talk about is the fierce, beautiful, and always fabulous Miss Piggy. Mm-hmm. And I have had her on our list for years, and we're no. going to have to do her next season. We have to. I'm going to put her on my list. Yeah, do it. Put it on the phone list. Oh. I think I wrote her in, too, at some point. Perfect. She plays Miss Cratchit, but fully as Miss Piggy. <laughs> <laughs> There's not one bit of scratching in her. No, and I love it. She is fierce, independent, takes no prisoners attitude of like a generation of women, millennial women who like love the spotlight and like love how unapologetically she loves herself is so cute. And also how she showed us the the yin and yang of relationships and how they're so, so important and possible. I just want to end on the fact that she is about to like stare down and fight Michael Caine, yeah. which I don't think I could do. And this is a perfect film. It's a perfect, it's a perfect yeah. film. Besides the baby oil, you know. Let's pretend that <laughs> isn't there. <laughs> I totally agree, though. It's so good. I love Miss Piggy just in this hovel. <laughs> trying to be okay when like Melinda Melinda here's the thing too I love, I love that Miss Piggy is not okay in this house <laughs> she is not the benevolent Minnie Mouse <laughs> she is not benevolent that's like exactly I deserve right. more she's like tell your boss he's a dick you've been his number two for years like what a great wife a perfect wife <laughs> I think she's I, well she's fascinating and I think a great role model for young yeah. girls I agree. I love the other one where they get she gets lost in the snow as a model. The other Christmas special and okay. she, her getting pictures. <laughs> you mean a Muppet she, Family Christmas? Yeah, and then Which, she comes in on a dog sleigh. How? Uh, that's another one we had on VHS tape Perfect. off of television. <laughs> and Rock. I cannot find it anywhere because 
this is I googled it because so I was like, why isn't this streaming anywhere? It should be on Disney Plus because Disney and the Muppets. Mm. But because Sesame Street characters were also involved, yes, they can't air it on Disney Plus because there are Sesame Street like Big Bird shows up, Bert and Ernie. It's the best. Snuffleupagus, the whole thing. I cannot tell you how much I love this movie. And well, can I, I tell you a secret? As as a can I tell you a secret and uh-huh. help you out? Uh-huh. So my dad found it for all of us on DVD, <gasps> but it cut a lot of scenes. Okay. So my dad went back, found the taped VHS, and converted it to DVDs for all of the kids in the family. Tell them to give me a cut. Would you like to borrow I it? Like the Donald, <laughs> I like the Donald Bing cut. Please, I like so the thank Donald Bing cut. It has commercials starting. That's perfect. I honestly... <laughs> I love the commercials. I would memorize them, oh, you know? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I still, in my head, sometimes be like, hard-nosed Mrs. Thatcher, <laughs> she's really tough. I love when the Kool-Aid man pops in and then it cuts to back to the movie because my dad cut it and it's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. When love is gone. <laughs> and you're like, whoa. Um, what just happened? <laughs> I mean... And if you don't know, Hard Nosed Mrs. Thatcher is from a McDonald's commercial. <laughs> that was a full-blown Broadway production. A dream come true. This commercial <laughs> must have been five minutes long because it was a full song. It was a thriller. Story. It was a thriller situation. It went through a full-blown school year. And ended at McDonald's. It had rising action. It had falling action. <laughs> it had a plot. And let me tell you, I learned a lesson. <laughs> <laughs> you better had. You better had. Wowza. Are we ready to switch to a more depressing Yes. Topic? Yes. So pour me a glass of wine. I am. We're going to leave week one right now. Week two. We'll catch up with you next week. Whoop, whoop, whoop. We'll see you then. Go watch them up at Christmas Carol. <laughs> You've been listening to Her Story on the Rocks. We are independently produced by 1986 Entertainment and proudly recorded in Baltimore, Maryland. If there's a woman in history you would like us to cover, you can email us at herstoryontherocks at gmail.com. You can also message us on Twitter or Instagram. We post all of our cocktail recipes on Tuesdays so that you can go get all the supplies you need and drink along with us. See you next week. Bye.